I'm going to forgive you in advance because I have become that guy. What did you do? That guy that you don't want to be seen with in public. What did you do? It's nothing that I did. It's something that I've been avoiding doing. And now when I am out in public with regularity, all eyes are on me and not for a good reason. Living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to the Upside Podcast with Callie and Jeff. We are going to talk Enneagram first thing today in case it goes long, because seriously, Enneagram stuff is a giant rabbit hole. So we have a rest of the show plan, but if we don't get around to it, we don't get around to it. Sarah Jane Case is the woman who's going to join us here in a few minutes. And Callie got stuck on her Instagram account, Enneagram and Coffee, for the better part of an hour the other day. Oh my gosh. Just learning about her number and other numbers and all the numbers and how the numbers work together. I've also decided that I think we should have our upside team members take the Enneagram. Like I know T-Bird has taken it. I think that we should ask Katie or you know, have her take it just so we all know how to work together. The thing with, um, how long ago did T-Bird take it though? Cause the thing that we learned from, from Sarah Jane, when she was on with us last week was your mood and your present situation. Well, we get it. We're going to have her, she's going to be on with us in two minutes. Yeah. So I would be interested to know how frequently you should take it. Cause I'll bet my answers were different today than they would have been three months ago. You think a hundred percent like, just the situation. Well, you, yeah, yeah, in a different emotional environment. Right. So. And, and your answers might be different with this job you have now than the job you had previous right. to the job you had previous. You know what I'm but saying? But I think some of the stuff, I mean, when I was reading my results, or is that what you call them? When I was reading more about my number, there are things about my number that have been true since I was a little kid. I mean, for sure. All right. We, Callie and I have not revealed our numbers to each other yet. We're going to call um, Sarah Jane right now. And, and, uh, she'll be on with us for the rest of the, um, for the rest of the, uh, talk about the Enneagram stuff. She has an Instagram account called Enneagram and coffee. And this account has 422,000 people who follow it. Um, I think she also does seminars and panels. She speaks. She's so she's, calming. She's an author. Hi, Hi Sarah Jane. Hi. It's- Hi. It's uh, Callie and Jeff. Sorry, we're running a couple minutes late, but we were trying to guess each other's numbers. Oh, no stress. Before we uh, awesome. before we, we uh, called you. Um, Callie guessed that I would be a number five, a quiet specialist. And, Ooh, I, okay. and I guessed that she would be a number nine, the adaptive okay. peacemaker. And cool. you, and you know both of our numbers, right? This is like a gender reveal. Yeah. Sarah Jane knows. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> handed over her the secret envelope to Sarah Jane, but we don't know each other's. How be, before you answer this for us? How? Oh my long, gosh, you're American idling this right now. I, I want to know the numbers. Stop American idling me. I want to know how. Uh, how long have you been studying enneagrams? So I've been studying for about five years. Okay, so when you meet someone new. Mm-hmm. a new friend or uh, like a, a new significant other of a friend of yours or something like that. Can you nail their number pretty quickly just from observing them? Um, sometimes, but also, it's so internal that, you know, like we can all exhibit 
a lot of the behaviors, but it's why we're doing it that matters. And so even if I think I know, um, usually I have to ask questions like, well, why do you, why did you do that thing you just did? Or, um, and then that helps me to really help them. Okay. All right. So without further ado, who do you want? Do you want to be analyzed first or would you like, well, you know what? We'll do both numbers because so much of the Enneagram stuff is compatibility, right? Yeah. Like once you know what the number is of the people around you, then you know how to respond and interact with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll reveal mine first. Um, I was not a five. Oh, what? <laughs> I am number six, the loyal skeptic. Wow. And uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, what does that, what is a loyal skeptic? Yeah. So a loyal skeptic is, um, you know, there's their value, there's someone who values safety and security. Um, it's really important to them that they have um, a safety net, um, both in relationships, but in finances. Um, it's um, someone who can be kind of complicated with authority, someone who really values good authority and can give away almost their inner authority at times, seeking feedback from other people um, when they have to make a decision or, you know, but only from people that they already respect. Um, when, a loyal skeptic is skeptical of someone that it might take them a while to let people in and let them close. Callie, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm, so I'm, I'm listening to you and watching Callie laugh and nod at everything that you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what's interesting, Callie is thinking that he's a five because six is um, positioned next to five. And so the sixes have five as one of their wings. So sixes can have a five wing or a seven wing. Um, and you kind of pull from that number. So you could have a dominant five wing, which would mean that you pull in some of those skills and talents from five. Um, what does it mean is, is we read these descriptions, the ones that were on the integrative nine website, um, mm-hmm. it says like for six, it says, at lower integration, they may be paranoid, reactive, and insecure as mm-hmm. loyalty turns into pansy, blah, blah, blah. At higher integration, self-reliant and grounded. What is the lower and the high? What does that mean? Yeah. So um, there's kind of multiple ways that people think about this. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you mine. Um, so it's it's basically ranges of health. So kind of how aware you are of your behavior patterns and what's happening versus how kind of disconnected you are or unaware. Um, So if you're in like a lower season of health, you might show some of those lower level behaviors. Um, So that could look seasonal, but I also say that you can experience these in a given day. So you could have like average to low levels of, of integration showing up in a given day or high levels um, showing up in a given day. How in, in are, is this something that's been with like, in my case, like have I been a six my entire life or does it change? Yeah. So you have likely been a six your entire life or, um, you know, the integrative test is 95% accurate. It's not a hundred percent. Um, so you could be a number that connects to six in some way. If you feel like maybe, in your younger years, you would show up differently. Um, but the most accurate, they say, is usually like early 20s because it's like before you start doing your work of being a person and growing and learning. 
um, that's kind of the most raw form of your number. So is there, is is there a need to retake a test? No, Um, honestly, the test gives you like a good starting point. And then it's really helpful to say, okay, what do I know about me? So a lot of times when you read the description of your number, if it feels like you found like someone's reading your journal to you, or you feel a little bit uncomfortably seen, then you've likely landed on your, your correct number. If you're like, I still don't quite see what the big deal is about this whole Enneagram thing. You might want to keep reading um, some of the other numbers and see which one resonates more. All right. For Callie, I predicted that she was a nine, the adaptive peacemaker. I am not a nine. I am a two. The considerate helper. So our twos, they kind of live their life in relationships. Um, Twos really value connection and intimacy. Um, And it's almost like there's not enough intimacy for a two. Like there's no amount of connection that's too much connection. Um, A lot of times twos, they they learn at some point along their life that um, to be loved, they have to give and that love is earned. And so a lot of times twos have um, this amazing ability to see the needs of other people and meet those needs while simultaneously kind of downplaying or minimizing the needs that they have themselves. What do you think of that, Jeff? Does that sound? That's how, that's nails it for you, right? Like mm-hmm. taking care of everybody else and then realizing that you've left yourself out of the equation. But didn't, didn't you say, Sarah Jane, that a lot of women default to two because they think that's what they're supposed to be. So that's how they answer the questions. Was that the one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was really worried about that actually when I was taking it, but I really feel like I took it authentically and, Mm -hmm. um, answered true to myself, but I was very Mm -hmm. mindful when you said that, um, going into it of really listen. Okay. Really? What am I like? No one is going to see exactly what I said for this. So I can answer to my authentic self, which I did. And Kelly, two things that you've said that I I heard you say um, recently, one on Instagram stories, you mentioned that when you read your number, like you were a little bit uncomfortable and that's usually a sign that you were in the right spot. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I did um, start reading. Jeff hasn't read the, the weaknesses section, so he hasn't read his whole report to see the weaknesses. But some of my weaknesses I was very uncomfortable with. And I think probably the reason that I'm uncomfortable with is because they're true, but I don't really want them to be or... You know, I want to think at face value, oh, I just like to help people just because it's the right thing to do. But really, it's because there's something in it for me. Yeah, yeah. And I think that for two, so we all kind of have um, like each of our own like sins or, or, um, and so for two, it's pride, which isn't necessarily the pride of like, I'm so great, but more so the pride of like, I don't have needs and I don't have so and so for looking at it's um, it's almost like a wall, like a defense like a wall like I got this I got to help everybody else because I can handle it but you really yeah can't. people need me but I don't need them huh interesting yeah. here's what I want to know Which so when people were oh sorry what did you say <laughs> Which it's uncomfortable to like hear you know to talk about this stuff it's awkward it really is mm-hmm. and it's interesting because I don't know is it like your weaknesses you're supposed to take them because I'm 
such a fixer, you know, like I'm huge on therapy and self-help and self-love <laughs> and like being better and, and growth and all of this stuff. So the weakness is something that there's power in awareness because you are more aware of them in your relationships, or is it something, a starting point to try to grow out of those weaknesses? Mm, good question. So I, I think that's why I find it really helpful to think of these um, ranges of health in a given day, because you're going to show up as high level twos in your day and you're going to show up as low level two in your day. And the awareness is the most important thing. Just knowing why you're helping. Um, a lot of times twos can fall into like poor boundaries, um, giving with expected, like with expecting to receive. Mm -hmm. And so just holding that awareness of like, if I'm offering, do I expect something in return? And am I offering a beyond my capacity right now? Um, because I feel like if I don't offer that relationship will somehow be severed. That's so funny. Cause I've been working on that in therapy. Uh, yes, I love it. I love Here's it. the other question I have is when I, when we were saying we were going to take the Enneagram, a lot of people started responding with their number, but then like a W and then another number. How do you, I assume that's wing, right? Yes. So yes. how do you know if there's two wings, how do you know which one you are more likely? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that can shift and change, mm -hmm. you know, over the course of your life. Um, you can have a dominant wing during one season and then that dominant wing change during a different season. Um, and ultimately really the goal is to balance those wings out Got it. Um, okay. because you have these kind of like helpers on either side of your number. So a lot of times we identify with our dominant um, and usually people can self-identify their dominant. If you read, you know, one of the numbers on either side of your number. So you, as a two, you can only be a two wing one or a two wing three. Got it. And then you can read up on those and see which one you feel the most connected to. Um, in general, two wing one tend to be a little bit more like advocacy oriented, whereas two wing threes tend to be a little bit more like hospitable um, community oriented. Oh, I think I'm totally a two wing three. Jeff, what do you <laughs> yes, think? Yeah, like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeff, have you, do you have your sheet up right now? Like what I, are the, what are the, so I was made uncomfortable by, by realizing that maybe sometimes I can be emotionally, emotionally manipulative or, you know, I always jump in and try to help people, even if they don't want my help and stuff like that. And that was hard for me to read. What about, um, what about, what are you, Jeff, of six? What about sixes? Because Jeff hasn't read his thing. Like, what's going to make Jeff uncomfortable, maybe? What, or, what, or are, the what are my weaknesses? <laughs> so sixes can be a little bit. Um, so one of the things for sixes, they can give up their inner authority. Um, so sometimes if they have a boss or um, a partner who has strong opinions that they can oftentimes kind of lean into getting feedback instead of listening to themselves and what they want. Um, the other thing for sixes <laughs> Kelly, is sixes. Kelly just mouthed <laughs> the word, wow. Do I do that? <laughs> no, I think that was a huge problem for you at your job though. Oh, like. That you were leaning into what other people were telling you to do. And, and a million times you said, since you got fired, I should have trusted my gut. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's a big, and I think those are the moments for a lot of sixes of like, Oh, like those turning points that we all have in our life. Like that's a very six turning point moment of just like, Oh, I'm not going to do that same thing again. Okay. Um, 
the other thing that sixes can be a little bit contrary. Um, so like if somewhat like there's an, a new authority figure that maybe they feel unsure about, they will challenge them and push them um, and question them sometimes without purpose, sometimes with the intention of like, I want to poke holes in all of this to make sure that we are thinking all of this through. Um, but also just to kind of test and see if they're going to be loyal or they're going to be worthy of your loyalty or worthy of the job that they've got that they didn't earn. They were just stuck <laughs> yeah. in there and they're not really capable at all, but you know what? Nobody else is calling them on it. So why don't I call them on it? <laughs> you were and describing the, the last three years of Jeff Dollar's <laughs> life. right? <laughs> A lot of times for sixes too, it's this hard thing because sixes don't necessarily want to be the ones in charge, but they are going to go in and do their job really well every day. Um, but then that can cause like this disconnect between I know how the person in charge should be, but I don't want to be that person in charge. But I um, should be, if I'm reading between the lines, but I should, I should hire the person in charge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Got it. And, and, and I should be the one questioning them is about there, their qualifications. Is there somewhere I can find um, on the internet, like a chart or a guide or somehow? Cause what I would like to do mm-hmm. is exploit Callie's weaknesses for my own gain. <laughs> Is there somewhere where I can look that stuff up and really try to try to le- leverage that? Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, when we're leveraging the weaknesses of our partner, the best place to go, um, <laughs> the best place to go is enneagraminstitute.com. They have the most amazing write-ups of every number. Um, they have like the levels of health. They have how relationships play together. Um, so as twos and sixes, you guys are probably really good at being committed to what you're doing together, like what you've built. There's a lot of, probably a lot of like safety in the fact that you are both committed to being there. Um, and then you're going to challenge each other in, in your own special ways. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't want to expose, you know. Oh no. Expo- what are, well, like what would be like, wh- yeah. wh- what should we be mindful for in terms mm-hmm. of conflict as a two in a six? Yeah. So twos, you know, like we mentioned earlier, twos can't get enough intimacy. Um, Sixes can kind of be push-pull a little bit more than a two's going to be. A two's going to be like all open heart. I want love. And I like love is the language of a two. Um, Whereas sixes are a little bit more fickle. Um, They're committed, like they're stable. There's a lot more like of the work oriented stability for a six, like they're going to show up and do their job and they're going to do it well. Um, they're committed to the people in their life, but they may need a little bit more time away. Um, maybe not need as much of that emotional connection. Hmm. Yeah. We've already, we know, we know that. <laughs> it's so funny. We, and it's funny too, cause we're blaming it on you being an only child, but it's really maybe remember how you, we've been talking about, a handful of times on the podcast, whether Jeff is a super only child or it's just who he is and he's kind of an introvert. And, and I think that kind of answers it. They are, are there, are there patterns to Enneagram styles and like birth order or situation or are they, or is Enneagram something that's totally separate from everything else? Like our most, you know, you, our most only children, like fives and sixes and most mm-hmm. baby sisters or ones and twos or whatever. You know, I haven't seen a study that does like a direct correlation with that, but I think that you can 
you can kind of draw the similarities, right, between the results you get from any of these kind of personality tests or, you know, astrology, even if you if you are interested in that and birth order, I think can play into that. Um, but I haven't, I haven't read like a specific study that did that. So I, I teach it as its own separate thing, but you can kind of see how they play together. And you teach it, you speak on it, you have yeah. your your Instagram account, which is how I found you, Enneagram and, and Coffee with 420,000 plus followers. So obviously that that's fun stuff there. But then you, don't you also have um, merchandise, but the merchandise is directed to every individual number? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Is that on your website? <laughs> Yeah, it's on um, enneagramandcoffee.com. So it's like a coffee mug with the definition of a six on it or a warning. Or I, did, I didn't look too far into it, but I was like, that is hilarious. That is genius. Those are going to make some spectacular holiday gifts. Thank you. I'm ex- I love them. Did you tell us what number you were the other day? I don't know if I did. I'm a seven. So like very freedom oriented, joy oriented. I'm terrified of being trapped in emotional pain. So is it possible? All right. One last question and then we'll let you go. And thank you, by the way, for spending all the time with us and and we appreciate it. And hopefully everybody who is a fan of the upside is going to make their way over to your um, Instagram page and your podcast and and learn more. But can you change your number? Is it possible if you don't like who you are, can, (laughs) can you mindfully change to a different number? Um, no. So your number will stay the same. And and I think there's some freedom in the acceptance that we're going to struggle with the same things for the rest of our life. Because I think the moment we believe we're able to surpass who we are as people and who we, what we struggle with, I think is the moment that we, um, don't, we, we abandon ourselves when we find ourselves falling into the same pattern. Um, and I think of it kind of like a groove, like we've, we've created this groove over and over again by kind of running the same trails our entire lives. And so the work is kind of just softening that groove, right? So it's not so deep. Um, so we can get out of it a little bit easier each time um, instead of being kind of stuck in those patterns, but really working to soften the path. I'm looking at your website right now. Um, the merchandise is so cute. Um, it's really great. Go check it out at enneagramandcoffee.com. And she also has Enneagram and Coffee. I mean, this is a whole thing. It's almost, I almost feel bad that we were just saying, oh, she's popular on Instagram because this website is amazing. There's so much good information. Um, it's really positive. It's so upside vibey. Um, so make sure that you go check that out. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for the time, Sarah Jane. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank such a you. Blast. Thank you. My favorite part of that was how much we were both nodding at each other as she was describing oh us. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. Like I was trying not to laugh because- And you were mouthing the word like, wow. Like with every sentence you would say, you'd be like, wow, wow. Well, and it was funny listening to, you know- yours because that I almost started crying at one point because I think that really describes the, the issues and struggles that you've been having at work for the past three years. Like that makes so much sense. It almost validates. There's some validation in knowing 
like she said at the end, there's like a freedom. Like the once somebody says, yeah, this is the type of person you are and therefore you can't help responding in this way, like that, that validation, it's, it's almost like permission. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. like, oh, okay. That's just, that's who I am. It doesn't make me a bad person. Cause I certainly, if I think, and I feel bad for people around me who I have to work closely with, who I feel are not qualified to do the job. Cause it's not their fault. If somebody gets a job, they're hired by somebody else mm -hmm. and they get a job and they are told to work with me. And I, in my, you know, ego driven assessment go, that person ain't qualified to be here. I will make them prove it. Yeah, and you will. I, You'll try to poke holes in every little thing until or somebody proves who they are. And then you kind of go all in once someone. Once somebody proves it. Right. I got you. And and we're, you know, riding together off into the sunset, hopefully to greatness. But if I don't think that you have earned the space that you're taking in my mm -hmm. world, especially if you have some sort of control or influence over my world, man, do I ride you. Like you I feel do. bad for those people. <laughs> but you know what? It's a filtering process. So the rest of the world, you're welcome because I'm toughening those fools up. <laughs> I think my, it's funny because I was listening to, I was reading about my weaknesses and one of them says that I get really involved in other people's emotions because I'm so trying to be a helper that sometimes people don't want my help. And I insert myself when it's not wanted. And then I get upset that people think I'm being inappropriate or whatever. And I do that all the time and I'm trying to be better about it. Cause it is my gut instinct to help fix. And it's not like I don't look at myself and try to fix myself. I'm just like everyone in the world, join me in this fixing thing. So when someone comes to me with a problem and they want to vent about it, I'm like, well, you know, offering all these solutions. I'm not saying, oh man, that sucks. And then you're mad when they don't take it. You're like, wait a minute, I'm going to help you do this. I'm going to make it better. Why aren't you listening to what I know how to do and I know how to offer? And it's really, uh, yeah, I sound exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this is the point in the upside where we, we realize that we don't like ourselves. <laughs> That should make the rest of the episode fascinating. All right. That was uh, really cool. Uh, one last time, if you want to know more about Enneagrams and you want like an Enneagram 101, uh, talk to our new friend. Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane Case is her full name and she's Enneagram and coffee or she's on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Enneagram and coffee. Couple days ago, Callie put the word out that she needs your stories. If you have cameras around the outside or the inside of your house, share with her what was caught on camera. Remind me again why this even came up? Because I was talking to people about how I'm scared when you go out of town to be alone in our house, but that I realized that every square inch outside of our house is covered by some sort of camera. So Somebody sent me uh, some hilarious stories of what they found on their cameras. And I was like, that is hilarious. We should ask people what they found on their cameras. That's funny. And we don't have any cameras inside. 
all of ours are outside. And I was like, why would you have, if your outside's covered, why would you have your inside? But it makes sense if you have kids, mm-hmm. number one, like nanny cams and stuff yeah. like that. But then um, also I thought, oh, I wonder if the cameras go on sale again, if I should get a couple because you want to watch the dogs. I want to watch the dogs because some of your stories are pet related. <laughs> All right. What are your favorites that came in? Um, I have a bunch. One of them is we caught a competitor looking in our windows to see what our workspace looked like. Oh, so they had an office. Yes. And or a store or something like that. And they caught on their video cameras, caught a competitor. That's perfect. And you know, when you're watching that back, you're like, is that? Is that Jimmy from Jimmy's air conditioning supply? It That's Jimmy. <laughs> and then you kind of just like keep it as an inside secret in your own brain forever. Y- yes. Someone who apparently has cameras in the inside of their home, and I would assume that they were not home when this happened, said my 85-year-old father-in-law was walking around naked in the morning. Oh, and no. our cameras got it. No, like, no, 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 you no. Gotta, you got to give a heads up to every family member, everybody who's going to come in your house. Every Yeah. You're going to like two of these. One of them is my brother dropped an entire pizza and then picked up the slices and put it back in the box and brought it in our house. So he dropped, he dropped it outside. Yes. And then served it to the rest of the family. Yes. And the family found out after I I have no idea. She just, I was just asking, you know, one sentence things. Um, And then my other favorite one is we saw, hold on, go back to the pizza one. Could you imagine if you eat that entire pizza? Right. Like, and yeah, everybody has a pizza and their soda and whatever, and they eat it. And then if you're like, like I have the alerts on my phone. So if you walked into the other room and said, oh, we got an alert from the front door camera. What is that? And you see the food you just ate lying on the dirt ground. <laughs> well, you would see it before and it's your siblings. So you would let it go a little far and then you'd be like, what the hell is your problem? And you would have already ordered another pizza. On no, I'm talking about. It, you don't know that something happened on your oh, camera you get the alert until you get the alert. So if my f- camera, if my phone is in the other room. And you don't see it till hours later. And what's going to so distract gross. me more than pizza? So gross. Um, my absolute favorite one is we saw our dog eat cupcakes from a box and he didn't destroy the box. He just ate cupcakes out of it. <laughs> so the dog got on their counter. So, so, but used its nose to get in the cupcake box, ate two cupcakes, shut the box and walked away. You're, you know, that started a fight in that family of who ate the cupcakes. Because if you bought cupcakes, right, I have a, I have a terrible sweet tooth. Like I don't even want Callie buying things like cupcakes because I wouldn't be able to handle it. Right. So if you bought a half dozen cupcakes and then you came in the room and you had one and I had one, mm-hmm. but there were only two left, you'd be like. You ate two more cupcakes and we would fight about it. We would. And you know, that's what happened in there. And they're like, no, 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 I didn't. I'm going to prove it to you. And then they go look on the cameras and the dog. I love the fact the dog's smart enough too, where he's like, if I pull this box down and eat all the cupcakes and destroy the box, they're going to know it's me. But if I can just take one out, 
I'm going to make the humans fight with each other. <laughs> They'll eventually destroy each other and the dogs will take over the planet. This one I included especially for you because you like people falling. Okay. Someone on their front door camera saw their neighbor on a Segway trying to balance two Yetis and then totally busted it. Nice. <laughs> and she did include, don't worry, he's fine. His America's Funniest Home Videos, and yes, it's still on TV. Yes, I still watch it. And no, it's not the same. Has Have they done uh, a whole segment or a whole show on security cameras and doorbell cams? I don't know, incidents? but they used to have the, um, like, because people would have their quote-unquote camcorders, oh remember? Oh, my gosh, yes. And they would have segments of people, you know, doing dumb stuff at home and falling or whatever. They just weren't doorbell cameras. Callie's father is uh, similar to to me in that he loves gadgets and he loves technology and stuff. So I would imagine that he had, as soon as it became reasonably priced, the giant camcorder on his shoulder oh, and all your vacations. thousand percent did. I actually think it's still in our attic. He said to me a couple months ago, uh, he was fixing something in his basement and he needed to take the TV off the wall. And so he called and said, hey, are you guys able to come over? Can you help me take the TV off the wall? And I was in my head, I'm like, why, what, why do you need help taking the TV off the wall? Because you thought it was a light, you know, TVs now are yeah. so light. He bought one of the first flat screen TVs that showed up at Costco. It was like the first plasma. Ten, and it, 10 years ago or however many years ago, that thing probably weighed 85 pounds. I mean, they were struggling. The two of them, <laughs> two grown men were struggling lifting this TV. I mean, it was huge. And then we got it on. And I didn't even ask him what he paid for oh, it. Oh, I'm sure he paid because he didn't even get it from a Costco or something like that. He got it from a TV and audio specialist. Radio Shack. Because you, you had to, to you no, had no, 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 because you had to order it from people because I don't even think they sold them in mainstream retail. Like you had to go, remember how they had electronics? Uh-huh. Electronic stores. Stores with specialists. And he, I think he went to like a home theater guy and bought this big thing. It's the same thing. He bought a CD player and I think he said it costs, he and my mom, one of those, you know, eight or six this changer uh-huh. things for the living room, like $700. Oh and yeah. It was, it was a huge thing. You probably had to budget for it where he's like, Hey, I'm going to get a CD player. So we're going to save for the next three paychecks. Yes. Like for a CD player, a CD player, 700 back, something. Dollars. Did you have anything when you were a kid that back in my day, <laughs> that no, was a big deal. I didn't have, my parents didn't get a microwave until after I left the house. No way. Yeah. Or maybe a high school. Like I didn't have a microwave forever. We never had a, I don't think we ever had a VCR. I bought my parents their first VCR. Don't they still have a VCR? No, they had a DVD player. And back when Netflix used to mail you the DVDs, DVDs uh-huh. I got them a Netflix subscription. And they thought oh, that was really neat because they would go online and pick yeah. up their stuff. But yeah, they were not. Your your family, very technically, your parents, very technically advanced. My parents, totally fine with the simple things. <laughs> Uh, I got to end the show today with a quick apology and a promise to take care of this. I feel like you apologize a lot on the show. Before the end of the month. But I am currently that guy whose brakes are squeaking. Oh, and you know. And I, you and I hate no- that guy. And I noticed it uh, this morning when I went to Starbucks and I was right up against the wall. 
And that's when you can really hear your engine noises. Like if you've got mm-hmm. a loose belt or your brakes are squeaking or whatever, mm-hmm. when you got your window down and you're right up against. And I pulled up and it made a noise that made me shiver. Well, the only good thing is, is we live in Atlanta and it's currently 5 million degrees outside still. So nobody has their windows down right. into, for like another month. So you have one month to go get that fixed. Now I got to get it fixed sooner than that because I've had my engine light on for Chef will not. It's not a month. How how I bought a new gas cap and it went off for a couple But weeks. this has been going on. The saga of Jeff's check engine light has been going on for years. And it's funny because he won't get rid of this car and it has over a hundred thousand miles on it. Right. He won't get rid of it because it's his favorite body style of car and they discontinued it. It's my third Nissan Pathfinder. He loves them. He's had fancy cars. He's had all of this stuff. And he always goes back to the Pathfinder. And they stopped in 2011. They made the last one of the pre-bubble model that he thinks looks like a mom car. A mom car. Um, And they discontinued his favorite body style. So he doesn't want to get rid of this car. And so I'm going to drive it right into the ground. And I'm afraid that when I take it in, they're going to look at the engine light and they're going to say, (laughs) oh, you need this light means you need a new engine. So I just don't want it. And I'm also afraid that I'm going to go in and they're going to be like, it's a thousand dollars and I'm unemployed right now. So you know what my dad told me to do when it came to older cars and stuff like that? He said, put you- wheels on your old plasma TV. Cause it's worth the same price. <laughs> no, what he said <laughs> is, um, you need to decide how much you're willing to spend on this car before you get rid of it. So when you get to a point with an older car, cause my first car was, yeah, you had a ton of miles on it. And he was like, you need to decide if you can afford to keep fixing it. Or if you want to put that money towards a different car, that's, that's a- more reliable, but decide, pick a number. So yeah. say, if I go into the repair oh, shop, I'm going to stop you right now. Stop. Did your dad give you this wisdom when both he and your mom had jobs? <laughs> Is that when he told you he about did, buying it? When he told you about buying a new car? He told me when I was in college and having to pay for my own car. Oh, okay. Did you have a job? Uh, not a full time job. I was oh, in college. Okay, but I had like I had money that I had saved. I've been working since I was fifteen. Mm. So you had a job though, part time, but it's a job. Your wife has a job, right? Well, will this you, technically is a job. All right. Will you buy me a car? <laughs> Until we make money off it, it's a hobby. Thank you for listening to The Upside Podcast with Callie and Jeff. Please make sure you subscribed so you never miss an episode of The Upside. All right, let's wrap this show up with um, a flashback to our Enneagram numbers. I was a six and you were a, or you are, I am a six and you are. I'm a two. All right, Sarah Jane sent me a text message uh, uh, just a second ago. I just looked down and saw it. And she said, thank you for, she had a great time coming on with us. Um, And she said, "Uh, I also wanted to tell you that sixes, me, uh, will often struggle with worst case scenario thinking. Oh my gosh, that is so you. Not a big deal for your podcast, but I wanted you to have it for yourself. (laughs) Guess what? Sarah Jane already knew that. (laughs) 